Hey everybody, welcome to The Comeback. I'm your host, Kyle Michael Miller. During this episode, we're talking with Al Sadoti, who had his bladder reconstructed after battling cancer. Al's wife, Don, will also join us, as well as his Cleveland Clinic surgeon, George Pascal Haber. But first, here's Al in his own words. My name is Al Sadoti. I'm 42 years old. I'm a plumber from Strongsville, Ohio. In 2011, I was diagnosed with bladder cancer. I went through treatment several times, but it came back several times. I had my bladder, prostate, and some lymph nodes removed from the area, and my bladder was completely rebuilt. Just before surgery, I'd gotten remarried, and now we have a four-year-old little girl named Scarlett. I've been cancer-free for five years. I am grateful for my life, my health, my wife, and my family. Al Don, Dr. Haber, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks thank for having you. us. So Al, I know before coming to Cleveland Clinic, you had been going through chemotherapy treatments, but you had hit a brick wall, it seemed like. The cancer kept coming back. What was that experience like, and how did you come to Cleveland Clinic? After a bunch of treatments, and the treatments weren't working, and I had a few surgeries that they were taking out the cancer as much as they could, and then we would try the treatments. But then after a certain while, everything would just start growing back. So after a point, the doctor that I was seeing said, listen, he goes, there's only so much I can do. He goes, here's a name of a doctor. You go to the Cleveland Clinic and you go talk to him. And then a couple of weeks later, we had a meeting with Dr. Haber first. And then he told me what, you know, what my choices were. So it was either try some more of the treatments to see how that was going to go. And he was willing to try that. But he said that if it doesn't work or if it decides to move to some other organs, it's bad. It's bad news. Yeah. So you know, we you know, and he told me what my options were at that time, and he kind of said your best bet is probably just to take everything out, the prostate, the bladder, all the lymph nodes, and then he reconstructed it. So yeah, that's pretty much like the beginning stage of you know when we first got there and talking to him so right and you weren't just going through a medical dilemma you had just gotten married too so you had a lot going on in your life yeah and don you probably didn't realize that you signed up for this too no no <laughs> what was not that at like all. when we first started dating and he said i had bladder cancer it was just like no big deal and then he needed to keep going every three months to keep getting checked and that's when it pretty much started the the routine of going every couple months and then he would have the surgeries and then the chemo and then we got married in May, and then Dr. Haber did the surgery in August. So it was uh, very overwhelming, scary, you know, every day. You still have it in the back of your mind, but it's a blessing. Dr. Haber, did you know right away what type of surgery and treatment Al needed? You know, every time we see a patient with bladder cancer, there is different options for treatment. And uh, uh, our role is to give the options to the patient and what are the pros and cons of each treatment um, and help them take a decision, uh, which would be the best treatment for, for them. So when I saw Al, you know, I gave him, he already had the certain treatment that were done. So I gave him the other options um, and help him choose which I thought would be uh, the best treatment for him. And what were those options? So we, uh, um, like Al said, uh, uh, you know, he, he failed what we call BCG treatment, which is an intravesical treatment that, that we do to avoid the tumor from uh, uh, coming back or, or progressing to a more aggressive type of uh, cancer. Um, in his case, uh, the, those treatments were not working, and the tumor was uh, coming back uh, very quickly uh, after those treatments. So uh, decision, uh, given his age, uh, would be to be... Uh, 
more on the aggressive side and avoid the, any risks of, of progression, any risks of the tumor traveling to other organs, uh, traveling to lymph nodes, traveling to other places. So given his age, we, we, you know, and that he was failing BCG very quickly, we decided to go ahead by removing his bladder, removing the prostate, removing the lymph nodes, and gave him the option of a different type of diversion. And since he was young, the neobladder, which reconstructing a new bladder out of bowel would have, uh, was his best option. And that's what, uh, you know, we told him he would be happy with. Mm -hmm. So for people listening, you said something that is pretty crazy to me when I first found out about it, that you reconstructed Al's bladder using his small intestine. Like, that's not something that most people hear every day. <laughs> that that, I mean, it sounds like a medical phenomenon, but, but for you, you, this is part of your job every day. Um, reconstructing a neobladder out of small bowel is, is not something new. This has been done for a uh, long, you know, long time. Doing it in a very young patients is, is uh, rare. And doing it through small incision is also very rare. However, the, the goal is to get patients back to the normal, give them the no, a normal quality of life, give them a good quality of life after surgery. So we need to do what needs to be done uh, to get people, especially young people, back to a normal life, to their family, and, and do what they want to do if, uh, if they didn't have this, uh, this cancer. And, and, and look at this as a bump in the road. Um, and, you know, as, as a physician, we're privileged to be able to take care of patients like this and try to get them back to a normal life. Yeah. Can you walk us through that process of, of the surgery of reconstructing Al's bladder? How do you even go about explaining that in layman's terms? <laughs> sure. So, so the, the, way we, the way we do it, uh, or we did it in Al, is we did it robotically. So the whole procedure um, is done robotically. It's called a robotic radical cystoprostatectomy. Bilateral pelvic lymph node dissection and intracorporeal neobladder. <laughs> so, so the, what, what it means is we, we're removing the whole bladder and the prostate that is attached to it. We're also removing the lymph node that is surrounding the bladder, the prostate, also surrounding the vessels that goes toward the pelvis, um, all the way up to the aorta, the major vessel that come down um, fr from the heart. So all this area, all the lymph nodes surrounding this area is, is removed. Then we take a piece of uh, bowel, a long piece of bowel. So can I say we borrow a piece of bowel and we reconstruct from this piece of bowel a bag that will reattach to the urethra and we reattach the ureters, those small tubes that come from the kidney down to the bladder, we reattach them to this bag made of, out of bowel. So now you have the kidney producing urine, the urine go through the ureters, those tubes get into the neobladder, the neobladder is attached to the urethra, and that's how the urine uh, gets out. So it does, you know, it's not going to, the purpose is for it to function like a, uh, a bladder. Um, however, uh, you know, there is a learning process and, and, you know, we taught Al how to recognize when the bladder is, is full, um, how to empty it. Um, now it's becoming more and more a normal process and also had, uh, you know, um, side effects of having, you know, borrowing a piece of bowel, um, the bowel secrete uh, mucus, so patient needs to be uh, keep hydrated. Um, since it's made of bowel, there's a risk of leakage, so patients leaks at night, um, you know, more at the beginning than later on, but this is uh, a known uh, problem with neobladders. So all those things are explained to the patient so they know what to expect um, and how to take care of this neobladder and make sure it works for a long period of time. So Al is, you know, when we did the surgery was 36, um, you know, this bladder, hopefully it will function for 60 more years or more. You know? <laughs> want to get him over 100. So mm -hmm. this is the goal. <laughs> yeah. Al, how was the recovery process? 
there were some times where it was tough, you know. There was a, there was a few setbacks, but to be expected. There was some pain, some pain involved. Um, a lot of irrigating the system nonstop, like how doctor had said. But there was just, you know, some some minor minor setbacks that he took care of. Being off of work though for so long, mm-hmm. I guess one of the things that I was nervous about coming out of the surgery is that he wasn't going to be able to connect everything the way it needed to be and that I would have to come out with a, a bag or another way of urinating because I was so young and I'm a plumber and I'm constantly like on my knees and rolling around and this and that. But when I came out of surgery and he said that he was able to stretch my ureters to, to make everything connect and then I would be you know urinating like normal, just using different muscles obviously because the bladder's gone. But that took you know a little bit of time. But I was just happy that I didn't have to come out with like the bag or, or anything like that, because that was that, that was very possible that if things weren't gonna go the right way, then I was gonna have the bag or the little port or whatever it was at that time. But luckily, he was able to stretch everything yeah. to make work on the ureters to the kidneys, like how he just you know talked about. And you also said that you lost forty to fifty. Pounds. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Right how was how was Don's support? during your recovery process. You talk a lot about her and you can tell how much you love her. Yeah, she uh, she did well. She did really good. She took care of me the entire time. She did everything. She did everything. She irrigated me. She did everything. Yeah, yeah. That's love. Yeah, she did everything. <laughs> she could easily walked away from the entire situation when she found out about the cancer, but she didn't, you know, and then she met Dr. Haber. She liked Dr. Haber, you know, so she felt very comfortable with, you know, with everything. But yeah, Don did everything. She did everything for me, so I'm lucky. Do you have any uh, side effects today? Just like, uh, not so much, just once in a while at night, if I don't like, get up like a couple of times at night, there will, be, there will be leakage, you know? But that's just like anything else, like over time, you know? Um, you, get, you get used to it. So I get up, you know, two, three times a night and go to the bathroom. But other than that, nothing. He was able to save all my nerve endings and my man parts. Mm-hmm. So everything worked exactly the same before the surgery as after the surgery, because that was like another, you know, 36, 37 years old, your sex life is a huge part of your life, you know? And uh, I was just nervous and it's like, oh, geez, I'm 37 and it's not gonna work. Or And doctor's just like, Al, he goes, don't even worry about that. He goes, that's on the back burners right now. He goes, you get over that hump. And then there's other things they can do for that, you know? But luckily when I got out of surgery, he's, uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, I was able to save all your nerve endings. And I'm just like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, he did a good job with that. Good job, Doc. Yeah. And I know with with the surgery, removing the prostate, you lose fertility. Yeah. Um, but you had banked your sperm. Yeah. Because you guys were newly married. You yeah. had wanted to have kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now you have a four-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. What was it like to become parents? Uh, well, it changes your life completely. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've been a mom already. I have a 19-year-old. And then having her with him was just, she was such a miracle for how she came. And, you know, we weren't sure, you know, obviously we didn't know what was gonna happen. And when Dr. Haber, when we first met him and he said, you know, you have to, um, you know, you have like six weeks to get your everything in order. So I'm like, well, we have to find a sperm bank. We have to do all this stuff. And it was just so scary. Cause you, you know, you don't, you have no idea if you're gonna be able to have that. I wanted him to share that as being a parent. And it's amazing, it's amazing. Uh, what's the best thing about being a dad? She looks like me. <laughs> um, so she's good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's very good looking. <laughs> she's a she charmer. Has her attitude. Um, uh, just getting to share your like life with somebody that's like a mini you. 
you know, and see how she's half like Dawn and half like me. And just seeing her grow, that's the best part. Like the whole surgery, everything that happened, you know, taking the prostate out and the bladder and reconstructing it and having to save the sperm and the back and forth to the doctor's office and some of the setbacks and this and that, it was all worth it. Once we had a little baby, it was all worth it. I'll do it all over again, Yeah, 100%, without a doubt. Al, there was a conversation that you said that Dr. Haber had with you during the recovery process. Things were going pretty slow and you were struggling because you wanted things to go faster. Can you yeah. take me back to that conversation and what, what did Dr. Haber say to you that kind of helped put And you probably don't remember this because you deal with a lot of different people, but me, Dawn, I think my sister was in the room, maybe my mom, and it was one of the setbacks I had and I was throwing up or this and that. And then Dr. Haber came in and he made everybody leave the room except for me. He made everybody leave the room and he sat down next to me and he said, Al, he goes, I consider you, obviously you're my patient. He goes, but I consider you my good friend. He goes, to see you go through what you're going through, he goes, it hurts me. He goes, but there is like a, there will be like a bright side to it, like eventually, you know? You don't hear that from a lot of doctors. A lot of doctors are in and out, they're so busy, but then we've gotten to like know each other so well that I feel so comfortable with them, you know? So he kind of like, didn't like lay into me a little bit, but he's just like, hey, listen, this is the way it has to go. You gotta be tough. Cause I like, I flipped out that day. Cause I was just like tired of like the setbacks and things weren't moving. Like you said, Cal, that they weren't moving fast enough for me, but I knew it was going to be a long road, but I just got frustrated, you know? And then, uh, like he said, he sat down next to me and he goes, listen, Al, he goes, you're, you're my patient. You're my friend. He goes, I don't like to see you like this by no means. He goes, but this is the bump in the road. This is the way it has to be. So I'm just like, all right, you know, I gotta listen to him. So <laughs> he set you straight a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he set me straight a little but bit. You need those conversations yeah. and those people in oh, your yeah. life. Like yeah. In your life to do that. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna play a little game called Go Fish. Okay. So we have a fishbowl right here. So if you want to uh, take the lid off, and there are um, three questions in there. If you want to pick one question, me up first at a or time, does it matter? Yeah. So these are all for you. Okay. So read the question and then right. give us your answer. What was the most difficult moment and how did you overcome it? Probably like learning that they were gonna take out like the prostate and not like knowing that, okay, they're gonna take out the prostate and there goes ever having the chances of having a kid, a baby like normally mm. through like the way it's supposed to go. I wanted to have kids and I know Dawn wanted to have another child, you know? Um, so I guess like talking to her and then talking to Dr. Haber and he goes, listen, save the sperm you got time this and that so i think that was probably like one of like the hardest parts you know and then um and you know and dawn had to take off you know the same amount of work pretty much that i did because she stayed home you can't stay home by yourself after the surgery you know um it's so like knowing how you know, she was missing work and i was missing work but we knew together that that's that was part of like the game plan you know so but slowly but surely you get through it, you know, and there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, you know, I feel good, I'm healthy. Everybody, you know, that's the, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, everybody's healthy in the family. So that's all that matters. Question two. My turn again? Yeah. I get to do all yeah, these, right? You get to do all these. Right. <laughs> What's the one thing you cherish now? Probably uh, <laughs> my life, my family, my daughter, Dr. Haber. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he saved my life, you know, other than that, but he did it, you know, she saved my life. He saved my life. So we're lucky. Yeah. What are some of your favorite things you guys like to do as a family? Eat. 
<laughs> Sleep. We like food. Yeah. yeah. No, vacations are fun. Just hanging out. We have a big Italian Sicilian family. So when my side of the family gets together and her side of the family gets together, it's just a party, like all the time, you know. And our families get along awesome together, you know. So it's probably the family, you know, just being together with the family is probably the best part. And you've got a daughter and and that's probably something that it's it's easy to take for granted when when you're healthy because it's just part oh, of yeah. your normal sure life. It is. But, but to sure think that that may one day be taken away, sure, it's huge. Yeah. With anybody in your family, you know, mom, dad, grandparents, anybody, nieces yeah. and nephews, anybody. So, last question. All right, ready? Yes. What three words come to mind when you think about your wife? Mm, geez. <laughs> um, She's strong, she's ambitious, she's beautiful. How are those? Those are pretty good. Those are good points. What do you think, Don? I'll take them. Yeah, yeah. she'll yeah. take them, I bet <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah. And you guys first met in high school, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. We met in high school, and then she got, I was actually in her first, in her first wedding. Yeah, I was in her first <laughs> wedding, believe it or not. So, um, so we met in high school, and then we went our separate ways. You know, she got married, I got married, and then she got divorced, and then I got divorced. And there was a um, a friend of the family that's just like, "Hey, Dawn, you know, Al is single," and they would they would come to me like, "Hey, Al, you know, Dawn is single," and I'm just like, "Nah, I don't." You know, I'm good with my single life right now. It was fun. I had me and the dog, but then she lived like two streets down from me in Parma. So the one day I think we were talking on the phone, and I'm just like, "You know what? I was getting ready to go to a concert, so." After the concert, I just went over there, and she still looked exactly the same. She's still tiny and everything, you know. So I'm just like, oh god, she and she was gorgeous in high school. So I'm just like, oh yes, she looks exactly the same. It's great. <laughs> so uh, we started dating, and then you know, one thing led to another, and here we are. Wow. So turned out good. I'm lucky. What do you love best about Al? He's probably the strongest person I know. Going through all that and never complained once, never once. He's very hardworking. He's very loving. Great dad and stepdad. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, how do you go on from here, right? <laughs> Dr. Haber, do you have any final thoughts to share with us? Again, as, as, as a physician, we're always, uh, you know, uh, touched by uh, <clears throat> the fact that we can help people. And I'm just part of a team who, who helped Elle, but uh, I feel like honored and privileged to, to be able to uh, help him and um, and not only help him, but also help the family around him. And the goal is, uh, you know, to be one team against cancer. And the goal is to win and get, uh, you know, patient L and his family back uh, to, to a normal life. You know, for, for us to see uh, patients going back to a normal life and building a future is, uh, is a very humbling experience. And I know like a lot of men have trouble wanting to come to the doctor that, you know, if something doesn't feel right, we don't want to come and get checked out. Um, but I know, Al, you've been such an advocate for men's health. You said that you, you work with a lot of men and always encourage them to oh, yeah. just go to the doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to go. If you've, and everyone, every guy knows their body, they, yeah. you know. And I think that if, as soon as you see something change with, like, your habits, then you got to go to the doctor. You know, you got to find it when it's. I'm lucky because, you know, Doc found it when I was real young. So he was able to be, like he said, a little bit more gung-ho about, you know, getting rid of it because I was so young and the way that he that he, way that he treated it. But yeah, I mean, you got to go and get your prostate checked, whatever it is, you know? And some guys might not like to hear that, but there's worse things in life. Trust me, that's nothing. 
that you know in the, in the scope of things getting checked is nothing so you gotta get it done Don, Al, Dr. Haber, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening. You can find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org backslash podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. We'll see you next time.